0: Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney.
1: And I am Carl.
0: This is the Attack on Titan special event. In honor of the epic conclusion to the show that defines this generation of anime, we're reviewing every single episode of the final season. This week, we're reviewing episode 64, Declaration of War. As always, there'll be spoilers about anything that's happened previously in Attack on Titan, so you've been warned. Two weeks. We waited two whole weeks. And we're finally back on the Attack on Titan train. And holy shit, did it deliver.
1: Yeah, this episode definitely delivered. And although I felt like it was just another one filled with a lot of talking points, um, well, what I was glad to see is that it's finally... We're finally seeing the plot move forward in a, in a very epic way.
0: Yeah, I think this was um an episode that was all about the build-up so we we got a lot of like really important information but as far as like I mean the, the span of time that this episode takes place feels like I don't know 20 minutes like really the episode itself was like 24-25 minutes and it felt like in the actual world of Attack on Titan only 20 minutes had passed just because it was very suspenseful very drawn out but my god it was so intense it was just like edge of your seat the entire time
1: yeah and i think with this episode it establishes that all the pieces are in place now for what seems to be like an explosive parodies infiltration arc since i guess you could consider the consider the first three seasons like the marley infiltration and now we're starting to see like the parodies infiltration of marley
0: yeah it's it's a start of something that's going to be I think really, really insane. I think the next couple of episodes are probably going to be jam packed. One of the things too that I wanted to mention was obviously Attack on Titan was trending um, because it's it's been a two week break, but also the episode was was crazy, um, and I think people were were mentioning about Twitter and you know for those who don't know what Attack on Titan is and aren't really familiar with anime, they probably saw a declaration of war trending on Twitter. And I can only imagine some of the the chaos that caused. (laughs) But it's okay, everyone. We can assure you it's just an anime. (laughs) A really, really good anime. And if you don't know about it, you should watch it. But it's just an anime. And with that said, we should dive right into the synopsis because I feel like there's a lot that we have to talk about.
1: Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right in with... Season 4, Episode 64, Declaration of War. In the prologue, we see the Bertholdt of old discussing with Annie and Reiner if the villager telling them his story of the Titan attack only did so in order to be judged for his inaction. In the present, as the orchestra plays the overture of a PlayStation 3 turning on, Wet Willy is greeted backstage by the Hizuru ambassador, Kiyomi Azumabito, and wishes him luck on his play yet mysteriously gets the hell out of Marley and Dodge moments later. Meanwhile, in a nearby cellar, Aaron kruger Jaegerman Jensen and Reiner share a long-awaited conversation while Falco Punch watches in shock at the reunion that he completely misinterpreted. Aaron explains that he's arrived on Marley for much of the same reason that Reiner went to Paradise, and has come to an understanding that they are both one and the same, and that Marley and Paradise citizens are also very much alike. Reiner refutes this stating that he only carried on with his mission to come home a hero and implores Eren to kill him. Eren ignores his plea and declares that he will continue to susume until his enemies are destroyed. As the conversation rages on, Wet Willy begins his production of Clash of the Titans and recounts the familiar story of Helos and the Tiber's gaining victory over King Fritz and pushing him to parodies. However, he drops the bomb that this was all bullshit and that King Fritz exiled himself and the remaining Eldians to Paradise because he was sick of their bloody legacy and vowed never to engage in war again. Wet Willy, however, proclaims Aaron Kruger Jaegerman Jensen as public enemy number one for stealing the king's founding titan power and ruining any chance at bringing peace, freedom, justice, and security to the Marley Empire. During the course of the play, Galliard and Piek are tricked by a Marlian soldier into a cellar trap that prevents them from transforming into their titan forms. And in true spectacular Michael Bay theatrical fashion, as Wet Willie declares war against Paradise, Aaron transforms into his attack titan form and towers above the stage, thrusting Wet Willie into the air as the perfect part of a balanced titan diet.
0: So let's start at the top. Because one of the things I want to know is how Aaron knew what Willie's production was about. Like, he he could have, I guess you could argue he didn't know. And, you know, he just wanted to tune in with Reiner. But it, it was very clearly painted that he had some idea as to the content of Willie's production. Um, and I want to know how that is. I, I don't really know what what Aaron's been up to the last four years. Or maybe, like, there's another one of the Paradise crew that's, you know infiltrated far enough up toward, you know, where Willie's at and and was able to get some information about what he was going to talk about. But I'm just like so curious how he knew that. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It worked out great. I think it was um, a great setting um, and a great way to kind of put together this part of the story. But man, I'm just like scratching my head at that.
1: I think it kind of plays into what Willie had mentioned or Willie and Maggot's conversation was in the last episode where they were kind of talking in code about how they think the Marley government and the Marley military was pretty much infiltrated with moles and spies. But I also think it's because, like Willie mentioned this in the play, like he was able to learn through the memories of the Warhammer Titan about the real truth behind the Great Titan War. And this is a reminder that Eren has the Founding Titan power, so I'm sure he also saw the memories of like King Fritz and the whole royal bloodline so he's aware of the truth as much as willie is aware of it but maybe he just assumed on a hunch that that's what willie was going to mention to the world
0: yeah i just feel like he he had some hint at what was going to be talked about because he he was very adamant about reiner like sitting down and listening to what willie had to say together with Aaron in that room um so i'm sure we'll find out a little bit more about that and and as the episodes go on, we'll will they'll shed some light on how their the parody crew's plan all came together. But we're how many episodes in now?
1: This five? would be uh, the fifth episode.
0: We're five episodes in of what apparently is only a sixteen episode season, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I just I, I'm I'm wanting to know as soon as possible. I'm very very excited to to find out what the parody crew has been up to. And then we get, as you mentioned, that um, quick moment between Willie and the um, lady.
1: The yeah, ambassador. Yeah. From
0: yeah. And she obviously knows what the fuck is up, but she's like one of the only people to leave the area. And I'm like, why wouldn't she just have left and gone to sit down, at, you know, with the, with the people in the audience? I feel like there's something else at play here and she knows what that's all about. Um, and, and was she the same woman from the banquet who protected Udo from getting in trouble when the wine was spilled on her kimono?
1: I'm pretty sure. Like why else would they include this scene if it wasn't the same person, right?
0: Cuz I thought her name was Hizuru if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong.
1: No, I think Hizuru is the like the location oh, that where she's they're from. from, yeah. Okay,
0: that makes sense. Um yeah, so it's just she, her behavior is obviously super odd. Um, between those two episodes. And I'm also very much wondering who the hell she is and what she knows and why she's so important to include in this way.
1: Yeah, maybe Parodies reached out to that region, although I don't know how many allies they would have had like this early in the game after just finding out that they're not like isolated.
0: And then as the episode progresses, we have... um, you know, Piek and Galliard being tricked by the one Marley soldier um, into falling into the, the the pit, that trap that was in that one room. My theory is that that's Armin. Um, he has the new hairstyle that we saw in some of the key visuals. Um, if you haven't seen those, um, I think there were some of the key visuals that, that were shared before the season kicked off. It's like of the Paradis crew. And a couple of them have, you know, slightly different character designs um i think john has like longer hair now and mikasa has shorter hair and armin has this like korean like k-pop singer hair going on (laughs) that's what it reminds me of i just like that's the only Mm -hmm. thing i can think of um and the way his hair this soldier's hair looks obviously it's blonde but the way the soldier's hair looks looks just like the way armin's hair looks in the key visuals the only thing that throws me off is the fact that he's so tall but my other theory, being an anime-only person, is that perhaps that's a side effect of inheriting the Colossal Titan, because Bertolt was also very tall. Um, and who knows, maybe he wasn't tall before inheriting inheriting the Colossal Titan. Um, but yeah, maybe Armin had a growth spurt because of that.
1: Yeah, we watched this episode twice, and the first time around, it didn't sound like Armin's like regular voice actor. And that's I'm, true. Yeah. But listening to it the second time, it felt like it was the actor trying to not give it away that the person that you're hearing is Armin, but there is that slight tinge that makes it a possibility. And then the other thing that I guess kind of lends credence to to our theory that this is Armin is that at the very end of, after that soldier delivers Galliard and Piek to that room and cuts that rope to send them through that trap door you get a glimpse of the soldier's eyes and it looks like armin's like wide beady eyes that we have all grown to to be used to
0: and does armin have green eyes because i think that soldier had green eyes right
1: um i don't remember actually let me look that up real quick no they're kind of blue
0: hmm Maybe I, it was, they flashed it so quickly, maybe I didn't notice what color they actually were. Or maybe they are green and it's actually not him and it's somebody else that maybe we haven't been introduced
1: to yet. But who else would have blonde hair?
0: Um, I don't know. A lot of Mar, yeah. a lot Eldians on Marley it, to have blonde hair. Is it, is, hair. <laughs> is it
1: uh, Historia?
0: Yeah. <laughs> is she
1: back in the game? <laughs> One other thing I wanted to point out And I think this was also the case in the previous episode is I noticed that Piek seems to be fully healed because she was able to walk around um, without a crutch.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. And another thing with her is that um, right before she falls into that trap with uh, Galliard, she sees the Panzer unit, um, which I believe are the soldiers that that ride on her back when she's in her Cart Titan form and shoot the machine guns from, from the nests on her back. Um, I didn't understand at first, like why the soldiers were so offended at her hugging that one soldier, until I realized, like they're Marlians and, and she's Eldian. Oh, So right. there's still, you know, that I guess that kind of stigma with even though these are like honorary Marlians because they're fighting for the Marlian military, there's still again that taboo with being associated with an Eldian.
0: I took it as the other way that um, – because Galliard said something to the effect of like, oh, you're causing a rift between them or whatever. Because um, she said something like, you know, we're, we're bonded or we're close because they're always with me. Um, I took it as like the the guys all have like a crush on her and they were all jealous of the one guy that – got the hug from her, but I could be totally wrong in that because they, they they did have a kind of like a horrified look on their face. So mm. maybe it was more of like, oh, shit, you just got a hug from an Eldian devil or whatever. Yeah. And as the play progresses, Willie's production, um, there was that quick moment that I wanted to call out where Willie says something to the effect of like, I don't want to die because I was born into this world. And Aaron's eyes widen for just a second, just a moment. And I think and I have to probably look back on this, but I think this is like a callback to something like his mom said to him when he was a kid or something that like, you know, he Aaron was born in this world and therefore she wants him to be, I don't know, successful or, or survive or something to that effect. Uh, but I think this theme of like being born into this world is ha- has been planted a couple times throughout this show, usually in relation to Aaron. So I think him hearing that probably triggered a memory of some sort in his head for a moment.
1: And that's kind of what he and Reiner talk about, like their place in everything um, and how Aaron kind of compares his story to Reiner's and that like, they're both one and the same, like they were put in these situations and were really given no choice, um, which I think is kind of the same way that Willie looks at himself here. um, Although he, I feel like he has his own motives um, at play.
0: Yeah, what gets me is that Willie has a chance to make things right, to set the record straight, and help the Eldians. Um, he clarifies with everybody that King um, King Fritz actually, Carl Fritz, yeah, he, he wanted peace, and and that he's not really their enemy of some sort. Like he he's confirming this through the memories that they inherited with the Warhammer Titan and i feel like at that moment it could have gone one of two ways he could have said they're really not our enemies we we should liberate the eldians we should find peace or whatever but instead he takes the other direction where he says like king fritz wanted peace but aaron is threatening that peace and he's you know stolen the founding titan power um, and we shouldn't really be pointing the finger at King Fritz. We should be pointing the finger at Aaron. But then he still says we got to uh, attack Paradise instead of saying like the people of Paradise have nothing to do with this. Let's just attack Aaron. It's just like, I don't know. It, it, it was going in one direction, and he had me fooled in the beginning that he was going to head towards peace, and then he's just like, nah, we're not going to do that.
1: Yeah, it sounded like he was just using Aaron as a scapegoat. Although, you know, watching this a second time, I caught the line and I forgot about this um, piece of fact where Willie mentions that King Fritz took a vow to renounce war and somehow that ideology has stayed within the bloodline or the Royal Fritz bloodline, um, even as they wield the founding Titan power. So anyone within that bloodline who has the power isn't able to use it fully um, because of his renunciation of war what's different is that aaron or i guess grisha his father had taken the founding titan power and so as a person who's not part of the royal bloodline there's a risk there of him using it for whatever evil ways that willie is trying to instill in um the audience that's watching the play
0: i just want to know how much willie knows about aaron um I assume that he's pretty well informed at least to to the extent that Marley knows of Aaron and what's going on. Um, but I, it just seems like he's been fed a lot of information he's pretty confident in his understanding of Aaron, even though he's never met him and maybe doesn't have the full story. So I just want to know how he found out all this information, like who pre- presented him that information. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know there's, there's seriously something at play here. Like, you can tell there's there's some information we haven't received yet that's going to really put this all in perspective, but perhaps not in the perspective that we're anticipating. And also, I also I have a hard time understanding Willie. Like sometimes it seems like he's being very selfless, and then other times it seems like he is trying to be very self serving. Like in his production he says that, you know, he, he, you know, renounces his Eldian blood. He wishes he could not be LDN. Um, he admits to the um to the the facade, this this whole lie that the Tiber family was a part of, you know, the the Tiber sins or whatever. But then he like immediately goes and points the finger at somebody else to try and continue to make himself look good. So I don't know, I struggle with Willie. I can't read him. I can't tell what his true intentions are. Um, although it seems like it could all be for naught because he may be dead. We're not sure yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if he is dead, let me just say, that has to be the quickest death in war ever. I mean, the man literally declares war on Paradise, and then like one second later, he gets presumably eaten by Aaron. I mean, he, he gets tossed up in the air with a lot of blood on him. He could potentially be eaten, I don't know. I have this thing with um, TV shows and movies and games and whatnot, entertainment in general, that if you don't see somebody die you can probably assume that they're not dead. That's usually my thing. And I I learned that in Game of Thrones. <laughs> when we watch Game of Thrones, like every time someone was presumably dead, they oftentimes weren't. Um, that's not always the case. Sometimes they really are dead, but who knows?
1: Who knows with Willy?
0: And who knows with Falco and with Reiner?
1: Yeah, it's true. We don't even know if they survived Eren transforming into the Attack Titan form. Another thing is that you know, Aaron says that the Eldians and Marley and the Eldians and Parodies are, are one and the same. But when he transforms, like, he basically destroys that whole apartment building full of Eldians. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's, that didn't really sit well with me because if his intent is to, like, he says, like, he wants to destroy his enemies. But I don't think he would consider, like, fellow Eldians, even if they're across the sea, like, his enemies. But then he just go ahead and disposes of their lives by transforming
0: yeah who who are his enemies at this point do we have clarity on who who he considers to be the enemy is it just everyone on the mainland is it the marley government is it the eldians who are um, brainwashed and and or fed all this propaganda i i need more clarity on who he considers to be the enemy
1: and i think to tie into that a lot of what this episode surrounds or what a lot of what this episode focuses on is what i would say like the definition of peace. Um where again we like Willie believes that Aaron is going to prevent the world from having true true peace because the founding titan's power is in his hands and he can use that in a destructive way since it's not within the royal bloodline. But on the flip side, would there truly be peace with the Founding Titan in Marley's hands if the Eldians that are currently being quarantined in the internment zone, if they're still going to be reviled and subjugated by the world?
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And so I think in that sense, there's like two choices at the forefront where the first choice is like Marley defeats Eren, they gain the Founding Titan power, and that still leaves Eldians reviled by the world But I guess in some sense, there would be true peace, since the Founding Titans not being used in a destructive way. Or the second way is where Eren and I guess the parody Squad defeats Marley, and they reestablish Eldian supremacy, but then that just perpetuates the cycle of violence, and then the worldwide contempt of Eldians is still going to exist, unless... Like the rest of the world can be convinced otherwise. So it's almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't.
0: Yeah, that's a good point that even if the Parodies crew were to win in this quote unquote war, um, it would only confirm the theories that everyone has, that everyone on Paradise is terrible, right? Like they speculate, they don't know for a fact, but they speculate that everyone's terrible and this would only add fuel to that fire. It would only give them um, strength for their argument.
1: And then there's the political reasons why Marley wants the founding Titan power is just basically it's their fallback. Um, if they were to fall into more conflicts with other, other nations, um, I think they want to develop competing technologies to become like a f- more formidable superpower. Um, as we saw with the first episode, like they couldn't really come up with a strategy against the tanks unless it involved using the Titans. But having that power again is kind of their check until they they can reach that level of, of technology, so there's that political aspect of it as well, and I don't know if this was ever mentioned in the anime, but I I went through some Reddit posts. Apparently, there are fossil fuels on Parodies too. <laughs> are there really? <laughs> and that's also why they want to go over there, but kind of giving it more of a a real world kind of reason.
0: Maybe it's more of a manga only thing because yeah. There's already a lot that I'm sure they have to pack into these last 16 episodes and mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot as always with with any anime you're you're not gonna get hundred percent of everything that's presented in the manga just like how in the manga you're not gonna get hundred percent of everything that's presented in the light novel um, and so on and so forth as you move through those lit those levels um but as long as the the important stuff quote unquote is is in there, then you know that's all we need yeah. So I want to focus a little bit more on the conversation between Aaron and Reiner. Right off the bat, Aaron gave me chills. Like, talk about insane character development. He's terrifying now. He's really matured over the last four years and has become, I'd say, more disciplined. Um, The Aaron we've known is erratic and loud and impatient. But this Aaron has literally waited four years or so, I think undercover, just for this very moment. When I think to like the office, the the delicious moment, right? Mm. Um, that's a, an Andy reference from the office for anyone who who doesn't know. Um, and also like as Aaron's recovering his foot and, and showing his cut hand and everything, he's really putting the pressure on Reiner. He's making Reiner feel completely vulnerable. And, and I think reinforcing the fact that he, he being Aaron, is in control of the situation. And Reiner just has to, you know, go along for the ride. Um, and also Aaron saying that he vaguely remembers telling Reiner that he wants to make everyone suffer and whatnot and tells Reiner to forget it. I think that also shows his growth because that was the the erratic and crazy Aaron that we've we've grown to to know and love. And now he's like, Oh yeah, I would have said something like that, but don't worry about it now. I'm not like that anymore, which is terrifying.
1: <laughs> but then I feel like he refutes that by saying, like, I'm still here to destroy my enemies, right?
0: Yeah, but the way he presents it, it feels like it feels like it ties back to what he's saying is like, you know, Reiner, when you were a kid, you didn't know any better. You came to Paradis because you had a mission and you had no choice but to carry through that mission.
1: Mm.
0: And so in this in this it feels like he's also saying, like, I, I just have to keep moving forward. I have to destroy my enemies. And I think it's kind of like whether I like it or not, type of situation. Cause I mean, Falco's in that room and he, he acknowledges that Falco is a good kid. Um and man, talk about being Falco in that moment. I mean, that kid is so fucked. sweet. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's so fucked, and he's also so sweet. And he is just like so ec- ecstatic to reunite two old friends. Um, and then as the the realization dawns on him as he puts the the piece the pieces of the puzzle together and just like has an all out breakdown in the middle of that room. Um, it was just like so sad to see because. I don't know. It just it really sucked. I think being Falco in that moment really, really sucked. Because
1: um, he's being played by almost like both sides.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. All the propaganda being used as like a, a, a Eldian warrior, a potential person to inherit a Titan. Like that. That's all manipulation. If you think about it, he's a kid, and then of course all the stuff that Aaron did. Mm-hmm. But it also makes me think that like Aaron is fucking savage now. I I figured. As this conversation was progressing, um, you know, Aaron mentioning that he's surrounded by so many innocent people, blah, 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 was a way to prevent Reiner from doing anything rash. But then he does something rash and transforms and kills them all. So um, I think it's partly like showing Reiner what it's like to be in Aaron's shoes back when the wall fell in, um, was it, which wall was that? Wall Maria?
1: I think so, think right? I it's can't been, quite remember. Yeah, it's been someone, so long. Someone can correct us. Um, someone if, fact check us. If we're
0: incorrect. Um, but yeah, it's it's a way of kind of showing Reiner what it was like to be in Aaron's shoes at that time, being helpless. Um, obviously, Reiner knows what's going on. Aaron didn't know what was going on at the time. But again, he was helpless. And I could have seen... So that, that alone surprised me. I, I figured Aaron was going to be like, look, Reiner, I'm going to give you one chance. C- you know, Join us. Help me. And we can, you know, free these Eldians. And this is why I'm still so confused as to who his enemies are, because it didn't go that way. Um, he he just went ahead with the transformation and, and destroyed all those people. And then I guess what, what also confuses me is, like, he's very savage now, right? Like, he went through with this transformation, even though Falco was in the room. He could have had Falco leave. Like, at the very least, I, you know, maybe Falco's going to die either way. But at least let the kid leave the room right like he said no you should stay and you should listen and he just transforms instead of letting him go upstairs so what confuses me is like did he do this because he wanted to just make falco suffer cuz if falco's going to die anyway why let him hear what what reiner has to say what this conversation is about my theory is like maybe there's a small part of eren that hopes that that reiner will transform into the armored titan just in time to save falco and that's what i'm hoping too because if that's not the case and Reiner really did die, that brings up the question of like, what happens to the Armored Titan? Is it lost forever?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah these are all very big questions. And again, we don't know the fate of Reiner or Falco um, until we see what happens in the next episode, if, if it ever comes up. But I am curious to know what is going on there and what Eren's rationale was.
0: yeah. And poor Reiner, like on a certain level, like poor Reiner. The the guy is clearly suicidal and remorseful of what he's done throughout his life. And it's kind of sad to think that the only person who understands Reiner and what he's gone through and the challenges that that he's faced is Aaron himself, who is his enemy and someone that he betrayed. So it was was nice to see that Aaron got Reiner back up on his feet um, after Reiner collapsed and, you know, said, just go ahead and kill me. But, you know... Then I guess he granted Reiner's wish and killed him anyway. I don't know. We'll see. Like we didn't see him die. So to mm. to my point earlier, like if you don't see someone die on screen, then there's a good chance they might not be dead. One of the parts that really freaked me out the most was I would say the last few moments of this episode. Um, where Aaron tells Reiner that he just has to keep moving forward. And you see Reiner's eyes kind of like freak out for a second because this is a direct link to that fl- the flashback we got a few episodes ago where um, when Reiner and Aaron are, are in training or whatever it is, Aaron asks Reiner, you know, how can I get on your level and Mikasa's level? And Reiner tells him, you just have to keep moving forward. And he just goes and, like, throws that right back at Reiner and says, hey, you told me I just have to keep moving forward, and and here I am doing exactly that. And Reiner, in that moment, you can tell he realizes, like, Aaron's going to do something crazy. This is it. Like, he, his eyes go, like, nuts. And oh, you just see, like, you see Reiner's face first, and he... The realization dawns on him. Then it cuts to Aaron, and he says, I need to destroy my enemies. And you see the the light in his eyes as he's starting to transform. And then they give you that slow-mo shot of Aaron starting to transform the lights around him. You know, like the, the lightning or whatever that comes off of their bodies. And Reiner just like slowly turns around with sheer panic on his face in his best attempt to protect Falco. And I'm just like, that is freaky that is just so fucking crazy to me that was probably my favorite part of this entire episode because you know as the audience member um what the hell is happening so at the same time Reiner realizes what's happening you're realizing what's happening and I mean there's there's nothing he can do Mm. like it is what it is and it's going down man And he's just got to try and do his best to protect Falco
1: no I think that was the perfect reintroduction of aaron's attack titan as well
0: it was cool right
1: because yeah obviously like the timing of it like he appears as soon as uh willie declares war and then you see his massive titan figure emerge from behind the stage and if i can just say like hearing aaron's attack titan roar again after over a year um since the last season was marvelous because something about Aaron's Attack Titan roar just sends chills down my spine. And hearing it again um, after that really epic conclusion was just was just icing on the cake. Yeah. And with the whole world basically in this one spot in the internment zone, like this is the perfect opportunity for Aaron to like flex his muscles and I guess for the whole parody s- squad to fuck shit up, assuming that that's where this is leading to.
0: It really is the the opportune moment for Paradis to to take control of the situation. I mean, you got all of those leaders in there, including the leader, the military leader of Marley, who I don't know. It's kind his of his
1: name is General Calvi, by the way. Marley's Hitler.
0: Yeah, Marley's Hitler, <laughs> General, General Calvi. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the moment to do it. Like that again. That is Aaron's delicious moment. Like as Willie is declaring war on Paradis and and putting all the blame on him. He Transforms, and you get that great shot of Willie looking up like backwards at the attack titan above him, and he has sheer horror on his face. And then he gets tossed up like a little, you know, piece of candy towards Aaron's mouth. Um, and it, we'll see, we'll see if he eats him. I don't know, yeah. I will, I'm curious to know.
1: You might as well add like that thug life meme tag to the, <laughs> to the end of that scene.
0: It was great, like, yeah, I, I agree. I think that was a fantastic way to reintroduce the attack titan. Um, And then you also get, I do want to call this out, if you watch the audience members when the Attack Titan first comes out, I think it's, like, one of the first shots of the audience, um, you see, like, the first row of people with, like, terror on their face but if you look in the second row there's one dude who gets completely clocked in the head with a huge piece of like cement or concrete or some big old debris (laughs) and i'm like oh my god like talk about detail first of all and second of all it's like way to just like really make this whole thing like super horrific like this guy is just sitting there and he as everyone's freaking out you see him in the background just get nailed in the head and blood's flying off of his skull it's it's crazy
1: Mm mm-hmm this utter pandemonium at that point and I'm sure it's gonna get worse with with the next episode next week
0: yeah and with that preview I mean we we didn't get too much in it like we have Armin kind of narrating over it but it's pretty much that Aaron attacks and that the Warhammer Titan comes out um, I think it's probably safe to say that Willie's not the Warhammer Titan because even if he doesn't get eaten by Aaron the we see the Warhammer Titan transform across like the audience, like across the way in that square, um, it's definitely. I mean, it might not be Willie unless he throws Willie over there and when Willie transforms.
1: I think we discussed this last le- episode. Like Willie is obviously the most suspicious person um, that it, we would suspect is the Warhammer Titan, but I don't think it's him. It's probably. I would assume it's one of the Tiber family members that was um, backstage with him, or if you were saying that he was across the, uh, across the audience. Maybe they were just waiting, waiting patiently for the right moment.
0: Yeah, they were probably on the ready. Um, and that's the one Titan that is the mystery. I mean, it seems like the parody crew was able to successfully divert everyone else, all the other um, Titan holders, owners, I don't know what you call them. But uh, yeah, that's that's the one mystery person. So we'll, we'll see who it is.
1: Although I noticed, again, on our second watch... That they send Jaeger to the gate or Zeke Jaeger to the gate while they only send Galliard and Piek um, to the, the trap, which is interesting.
0: It is interesting. And he just, I love the way Zeke was like, okay. He's just like, hi. And he's like, the, wh- wh- whatever Armin said or whoever it is, I'm going to call it Armin though. When Armin's like, yeah, we need you at the front gate, he's like, okay. <laughs> you could tell he's just like, whatever. <laughs> so, in terms of the next episode, I think. That's going to tie us back into the key visual, that promo image for Attack on Titan. So if you've seen it, it's the one where um, the Attack Titan is like hovering over a single Eldian warrior who has a red armband. Um, So they might not be a warrior, but they're like one of the armband, red armband wielding Eldians and he's blonde. And you see Aaron's attack Titan kind of hovering over it, and lined across the buildings are the um, Paradise crew. And if you haven't seen it, go on our Instagram because we posted it on there. It's at the Strictly series on Instagram. Um, it's it's like this really cool visual, and you can't really tell who it is. Like I always assumed it was Reiner, but it could be Colt maybe because Colt has short blonde hair like Reiner does, and he didn't get trapped. Um, but I'm wondering if this is where that key visual comes into play is like mm-hmm. now the attack tightens out. There's a bunch of destruction, a lot of dead people everywhere. And you've got a single Eldian person with a red armband standing there probably about to get fucked. So I'm I'm curious to see who that person is. Like, is that Reiner? Did he somehow escape? Um, or is that Colt or maybe somebody
1: else? I feel like it's Reiner. It, I think it's for him to just be killed off like that. It just doesn't seem a fitting end to his character so maybe he still is alive and I don't know what Falco's fate is going to be but I feel like it's Reiner in that poster
0: I agree I think I I completely agree about that not being a fitting end for Reiner I think it would be great revenge for Aaron again because the reason we talked about but also I did see floating around on Instagram um, some people were posting that moment when Aaron finds out about—I don't know if it's when he finds out about Reiner and Berthold being Titan wielders, but it's where uh, Reiner and Berthold are about to transform, and they're like right in front of Aaron. And they're standing on the wall, and then you get that flip image of Aaron about to transform, and Reiner just kind of helplessly standing there. So that would be a great revenge moment for Aaron. But to your point, I don't think it's a fitting end for Reiner either, and I feel very conflicted watching this episode because. Again, we spent so much time getting to know Reiner and Bearthold and Annie to a certain degree. We saw them, as did the rest of the Parodies crew, as one of their own. So I feel like in this moment, I side with Reiner and am against Aaron. But then I think back to all the stuff that, that happened before season four and the betrayal and all that, and I flip. So it's just like, I don't know where I stand. I don't know who I side with. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I'm still going to side with the Parodies crew, but it, it is a we are kind of in this gray area now of like who really is in the right and who really is in the wrong and I think the craziest part of all that is that Reiner was just a kid when he did what he did to Aaron's point he didn't know any better but Aaron and the Parodies crew are all adults and they have the ability to to judge whether or not this is right and wrong so it makes it even more gray I think to try and figure out who is justified in all this.
1: Yeah, it just makes our point of, you know, we don't want to sympathize with the enemies uh, in this arc. So much harder to follow now. But, yeah, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it's basically like history is repeating itself, but instead of on paradise, it's happening on Marley.
1: One last thing I wanted to give credit to in this episode is the music. Um, obviously, like the, not just the music that plays during uh, Willie's production, Um, by the orchestra itself but the one thing i wanted to point out is at some point i think it's after or at some point when willie talks about um, king fritz or when he aaron usurps the founding titan power um, you hear a slowed down orchestral version of what it's called the attack on titan song or like the theme which is by hiroyuki sawano um just hearing that again and it's something i think you hear in the very first episode of attack on titan but hearing it again here um, in this majestic form is just very beautiful in a way Um, so big credits to the composer again hiroyuki Sawano, sawano and the second composer kota yamamoto for for their work in this episode and so let's go ahead and wrap up this episode of strictly anime with our final thoughts how many Titan Shadow Puppets out of 10 would you give this episode?
0: <laughs> shadow Puppets. Um oh man, I would give this a ooh, I hover between a 9 and a 9.5. Um I'd have to give it a 9 out of 10. Um the only reason I I clock it back that half point is just because i was hoping to get more out of this episode and to be fair it could just be my expectations um are making me heavily biased in this situation um but it was a very very intense episode like even though it probably only spanned a short amount of time in the actual world of attack on titan as i mentioned earlier it was still just like edge of your seat like wondering what's going to happen next um just like mind-blowing the entire time type of episode so I I really enjoyed it I would have liked to see a little bit more because again we only have 16 episodes and I'm really nervous that that we're gonna miss out on some big things because of things being drawn out but I get where they were going with this episode it was all about the suspense and really giving us um, kind of that last hurrah before the shitstorm arrives next episode but what about you what would you
1: give it I think I'm on the same page with you. I would give this episode a 9 out of 10. Um, despite it being much of like an expository episode until the very end when Eren transforms into the Attack Titan, um, there was still like enough tension beneath like the, the subdued conversation between Eren and Reiner and that flashy spectacle of Willy's play where he declares war and then, of course, in a true, in true Attack on Titan fashion, we are left with that very massive cliffhanger leading into the next episode. Um, but not to say, like, again, this whole episode was just enjoyable from start to finish because of the, the sense of tension that was building as the episode progressed. And, of course, looking forward to next week, I can't wait to see the first appearance of the Warhammer Titan and if any more of the parodies gang gang shows up.
0: Oh my god, I hope so. I want to see some Levi.
1: Yeah, my boy Levi. <laughs> and my other kind of boy Armin.
0: <laughs> and and our girl Mikasa. I she's going to go crazy. Sorry. So I know like I I'm so excited for Levi and Mikasa to come through and just like tear shit up. And I want to see I really hope we get a head to head battle reunion or whatever of zeke and levi like that shit did not end okay it did Uh, not end it's still ongoing and zeke remembers it
1: (laughs) and then sasha with her potatoes oh my god sasha and connie (laughs) oh my god and john
0: yeah which i think i still am convinced that he's the the guy that we saw momentarily in the first episode when he's holding the newspaper that's got to be him Mm it's got to be Oh, I cannot wait to see them. Please don't make us wait like seven episodes. Please show them next episode. Six episodes in is is doable. <laughs> yeah,
1: please call me somehow.
0: And that wraps up this special episode of Strictly Anime. New episodes release every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central following the new episode of Attack on Titan. This is in addition to our regular schedule for Strictly Anime. You can follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And check out our website, TheStrictlySeries.com, where you can reach out to us to share your thoughts on Attack on Titan. You'll also find more info on Strictly JoJo, our other podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Thank you so much for listening, and as always... Stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. Sasagayo. yo Shinzo so wa well, Sasage.